0: In, in, our, in our culture. Uh, what, is, what would you say would be, the, would be the standard responses other than stony silence uh, like that? Uh, I've, I've come up with my top three um, on, the, on the screen. Have we got these on the, on the screen, Dave? Uh, well, they are, are fine. That's, num- that's the number one answer you get to that question, isn't it? Um, fine, uh, which I think is, is basically you can translate that as I don't really want to speak to you. <laughs> but there's also busy or tired. I think those are in the top three. Uh, as well um, there's always so much to do and never enough time that's one of the challenges of modern living life is busy and it only seems to be getting busier I read uh, an article in the Guardian a little while ago entitled millions of people at the end of their tether it was essentially an interview with a doctor who um, uh, treats folks suffering from me type symptoms he said, I see hundreds of patients each year suffering from exhaustion, and the medical term I use for, uh, use for them now is they're spent. Now, I'm not a doctor, but that doesn't seem like a medical term to me, does it? Uh, but his observation was this if you put a human being in a modern city and add computers, mobile phones, credit cards, neon lights, and 24-hour shopping, what do you expect? Because our modern lifestyle has removed us from nature, we've been divorced from its rhythms and cycles. The interviewer then asked uh, asked next, what is our lifestyle? His response? We are slaves. Slaves to what? (laughs) Slaves to work and the relentless consumption of media. We are an enslaved culture, and that's why people are spent. Folks, there's all sorts of um, solutions being uh, put forward to uh, this modern problem. But if we went back, back in time, back to Exodus chapter 20, I think God would say, work six days, and then on the seventh, don't. It's not rocket science, But it was revolutionary back then, and I think actually, if properly understood, God's great gift of the Sabbath could be revolutionary for us today too. So what we're going to do, we're going to look at three uh, theological foundation stones uh, for the Sabbath to help us in our understanding of that, Uh, and and then we're going to uh, work through four uh, applications off the back of that. So if you're thinking as we go through these three things, so what? Don't worry, don't worry, we'll get there, all right? Um, uh, so here's the first thing uh, that we need to, first stone we need to lay. First thing the Sabbath says to us, remember creation. And we're going to make you work, so do please grab a, grab a Bible. Um, uh, and I'd love you to look up Exodus chapter 20. Don't worry, we didn't, we, I know we skipped over that Bible reading, but don't panic, don't panic. We're, get, we're, we're getting to that as well, all right? So Exodus chapter 20, page 61, if you can open that up and we'll, uh, we'll try and work our way through uh, this bit of the Ten Commandments uh, where we, we, uh, we find the, uh, the Sabbath. So, how we do? We're getting there. Page 61. Have a look at verse eight, would you? Remember the Sabbath day, says the Lord. Now, that word Sabbath, uh, it basically just means rest. Uh, it's from the Hebrew word sabbat, if you like a little bit Hebrew this time, time of the morning. And it basically means to rest, cease, stop. So, in some ways, every time we come across this word in the Bible, we, we, we could just read it as rest day. Verse say it again. Remember the Sabbath? To keep it holy. And that just means to set it apart, that it should be different. Uh, the Sabbath should be a, a, a distinct day, not, not, not common or ordinary. So, we've got remember the rest day by making it a different day to other days. Well, how are we to do that? Don't worry. Let's read on. That's what comes next in verses 9 and 10. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. So positively, what have we got? The seventh day is a Sabbath. To the Lord. It's to be a day of celebration where we celebrate God. And then negatively, it's quite straightforward, don't work. Stop your labors for 24 hours. Why? Well, because the concept of one day's rest in seven is woven into the world God made. You see, this isn't some new thing that God is initiating here. I mean, that's that's partly why he's saying remember the Sabbath. Look, the Sabbath has been around since the beginning of creation. Verse 11. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And folks, it's really interesting. In cultures all across the world, we have a seven-day week, don't we? And there's no good reason for it. I mean, where do we get the concept of a day? Well, that's, that's how long it takes for the earth to spin around its axis. What about, what about um, a month? Well, that's, that's the cycle of the moon, isn't it? A year? Well, that's how long it takes for us to get around the sun. But a week? I mean, all of those things, they've got these fixed that kind of um, uh, things in, in nature, they're fixed by nature. But, but a week being seven days? Well, there isn't any good scientific, natural reason for it that we can see, and yet, in every culture across the world, down through all the years, a week is seven days. Now, of course, you're gonna, you're gonna say, oh, some tried to resist. You remember, well, I'm sure, the French Revolution Or the Russian Revolution. So the French, uh, after their revolution, they went for a 10-day week. They extended it. The Russians, they went, what's the point of a weekend? It's just a waste of time. And they went for a five-day week. But it didn't take them long before they realized that (laughs) it just didn't work. Seven days does. It works. Why is that? Well, I think Exodus 20 would say, well, that is how God wired the world. (laughs) And that's how he's wired us, too. And so when he says, remember creation, and like me, don't work the seventh day, he's saying that partly because the seventh day is supposed to be a reality check for us. It's supposed to make us say, I am a creature made with limitations, and therefore, I should stop one day a week to remember that, and to remember the God who made me like that, and that I depend on him. So, firstly, remember creation. Secondly, remember redemption. Flick forward, would you, uh, in your Bibles, to Deuteronomy, uh, chapter five. Uh, it's ten commandments again. It's page. Uh, what page is that again? Uh, one thousand. Uh, no. Well, see who can see who can find it. One hundred and fifty. That was it. That was it. I knew. I knew it somewhere. One hundred and fifty. Ten commandments again. Deuteronomy five. Uh, and, and here, yeah, so 10 commands again, but we've got two differences here. Let's, let's see if we can do a little game of spot the difference uh, with this. Let me read from verse 12. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Now, there's, there's difference number one. Everyone must rest. Now, that was in Exodus 20 as well, I know, but it seems to be being really underlined. There's a special emphasis on this here. You've got to rest. Your family Uh, Anyone who works for you, the migrant worker who could so easily be taken advantage of. (laughs) Even your ox and your donkey are to take a break. That's one difference. Here's the second one. Verse 15, let's continue. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Do you see, it's not remember that God created you, created the world in six days and then rested. No, no. Here it's remember that you were slaves in Egypt. It's a different motivation, isn't it? The point being that if you'd been an ancient Israelite in Egypt, you would not have had a day off. Why? (laughs) Because you were a slave. (laughs) You were just You just went and went and went. You just did what they said. So so God is saying now, I've rescued you now. I've rescued you. So, So don't be a slave anymore. Why would you go back to that? I've rescued you for better than that. So don't get yourself enslaved to work. And don't compel others to do that either. Don't demand that others slave away for your profit or satisfaction. Deuteronomy repeatedly applies this to others. You've been rescued, so now be kind to others. It's so easy to find ourselves enslaved to work one way or another, isn't it? Uh, To uh, either be trying to find our identity and our fulfillment through it, or or, or constantly battling uh, to tame our work so much so that we we can't stop thinking about it, even when we've, we've left the doors of the building. But to deny the Sabbath is to say... Exodus 20, I don't need God. I'm my own person. I wasn't created by him. I don't have any limitations. And Deuteronomy 5, he he hasn't saved me. I don't know, I can save myself. I can do it all. So remember creation. Remember redemption. Here's the third foundation stone. Look forward to rest. In the Old Testament, (coughs) we're told... In Colossians chapter 2, uh, the, the Sabbath was to be, was, was just a shadow. Have you ever had a shadow fall over you? Why, why, is, why is a shadow so sinister? When it does, I was standing on the street corner waiting to pick up my daughter from Fry Up the other night. Um, and as, as you do, as you're waiting, you know, just messing around in my phone, suddenly this shadow lurked over me and I, I got a fright of my life. Why is that so sinister? Well, because, well, in books, in the best books and films, it's because it points to a greater reality, doesn't it? <laughs> and, and using books of films, it's a sinister, frightening reality. But in the Old Testament, uh, uh, Colossians 3 tells us uh, uh, the, the Sabbath was a shadow pointing forward to a greater reality. It was a visual aid uh, meant to point forward to what we would gain in Jesus Christ. He's the greater reality. And so if you can flip forward to Hebrews 4 for one last pit stop, it's on page, I've got the page number this time, it's 1002. Um, what we're gonna see is that is that kind of argument being followed up, uh, but in a super complicated way. You probably uh, spotted that as, as Tim uh, read it for us, but I'm gonna try and make it really simple for us. Uh, I'll, I'll simplify for, for us uh, so that we can, we can get the gist. In the Old Testament, rest is a time. It was the Sabbath, and it was Saturday. But it was also a place. It was the promised land where you were heading towards in terms of rest. Uh, It was Cana. And here in Hebrews 4, the writer is saying really clearly, the New Testament is still a place, heaven, but is also now a status for us, belonging to Jesus Christ. Let me just read verses 8 to 11 again. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Which I don't know if you ever wake up and, and you just think, ah, oh, I've got it all to do today, but I just can't do it. I'm, I'm done. Um, that was my experience actually on Thursday. Um, I, I'd been, I started the week not feeling very well and just went downhill, um, getting worse and worse. And then Thursday morning I just woke up and tried to get going and never did. And I had no alternative but just to lay my burdens onto others. So four or five phone calls later, the day was sorted and I was back to bed and I slept for the, the, the rest of the day uh, and got, got up in the evening feeling so much better. But I, you know, I just started, I started that day, ah, what am I going to do? I just, I, I can't do this. And folks, that is, that is what the Christian does. <laughs> they say, I despair, I cannot do this. I, I, I cannot get to heaven purely just by pressing on in my own efforts. I have to lay my burdens onto the Lord. I have to cast my burdens onto Jesus. I say, Jesus, I've I've got so much wrong. Could you pay for that? And He'll say, Yeah, I can. I'll say, I'll never be good enough, and He says, Take my goodness. It's so wonderful. Jesus, the salvation we have in Jesus is so wonderful, it's so amazing. And that is rest, to rest in him. Jesus says, Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And that's exactly what the writer here in Hebrews is talking about. Verse 10, anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works. Becoming a Christian is coming to rest. And you can get that status now. But rest is also a place, remember. And so the writer to the Hebrews also says in verse 11, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. So in the Old Testament, uh, they wandered through the wilderness uh, heading towards the rest that was the promised land. And, And for the Christian today, we wander through this life heading towards the promised land of heaven. That is ultimately our place of true rest And that's what we look forward to. So, remember creation, remember redemption, look forward to rest. Let me give you four practical things to do in uh, response to that. Number one, really simple, straightforward, become a Christian. (laughs) That is the best and fullest way to keep the fourth commandment, fundamentally. Remember the Old Testament, the Sabbath is a shadow pointing forward to fulfillment in Jesus, so, become a Christian, say, I will never get to heaven by my own labors. I have to stop, turn around in my tracks, and trust Jesus. And you will find real rest. In fact, you can take all the leisure time you want, you can relax as much as you can, but you will never properly rest until you rest in Christ. Two. Start working one day a week. Just because uh, the Sabbath was a shadow and in Jesus finds its fulfillment, I I don't think that removes the the creative intention God has of, of one day's rest in seven for us. God has woven it into the fabric of this planet, remember. So trust in God, yeah, trust in Jesus. But trust him also by downing tools one day a week for 24 hours. Now there's lots of questions that flow out of that, aren't there? Which day? Doesn't matter. Of course, in the Old Testament, the Sabbath was Saturday. In the New Testament, probably Sunday. There's certainly lots of evidence that the early Christians moved the Sabbath to uh, Sunday because that was the day Jesus rose from the grave. But the Bible doesn't actually specify. I have a friend uh, who visits Dubai fairly regularly. And there the weekend is Friday and Saturday. Um, and because the Muslims stop on a Friday, everything stops. And so therefore, uh, they have their Sabbath on, uh, on, a, on a Friday. Uh, that's when church gathers. That's, that's when the Christians meet. So in their culture, that's Sabbath for them. Now, traditionally here in our culture, it's been Sunday, Resurrection Day. And I think for most of us, we can do that, can't we? But it's getting harder and harder. Uh, not least, folks working shifts, especially those in the caring professions. If you work for a church, I have to say as well, gets a little bit harder when that's your day of. Oh, it's Sunday's your day of work too. So my regular Sabbath is actually a Saturday. But it doesn't matter what day it is. Just stop your paid or your unpaid work, what you regularly do. Uh, the other six days of the week for a twenty-four hour period. And the Sabbath rest is in part physical. Uh, When the Old Testament gives examples of Sabbath breaking, it's always people doing work, being distracted from uh, spending time with their families and friends and, and with the Lord because of their work. So every Friday night, I'll, upstairs in my office, I'll switch off my email and I'll walk away and leave the office and I won't come back to it and turn it back on until coming back on a Sunday morning like I did this morning. And usually, I'll take my phone, and I will switch it off. And I will, I will, I will I'll either switch off, or I'll put it on the docking station in our kitchen. So I won't be distracted by texts and WhatsApp messages that might be about work. Okay, well, what about stuff at home? Is cooking work? Is housework work? Well, possibly. I think it's going to be different for every one of us. It depends a lot on what we regularly do. I think most of us know what is rest and what is work. Uh, Some people find gardening nice. Um, I mean, there's there's other... Sorry, Elaine. I'm sorry sorry to look at you in particular. Uh, For some people, it is. It's really pleasurable, and it's restful, and it's enjoyable and relaxing. But for others of us, you know, it's like, duh. You know, did you not read Genesis 3? I mean, the, the ground just produces thorns and thistles now. Why would you do that? I mean, it's just hard work. I can of relax like that. And it, it, it's the same with cooking. I, I love cooking, actually. I find cooking really enjoyable. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not artistic. I'm not musical. So it's in the kitchen I get to create. For Fiona, my wife, food is just fuel. Um, so it's just a job to cook. Um, because Fiona's has done the lion's share of the cooking in our house in recent years, I tried to do the cooking on a Saturday. And on our holidays. But I think it's going to be different for each one of us. And, and you kind of know if something is burdensome or if something is restful for you. So work it out your, yourselves. Third thing in terms of application, look forward to heaven. I mean, that's got to be one of those big things coming out of these foundation stones. Now, of course, if you've got no concept of God, uh, you will work and you will work and you will work and, you will, and you'll only break to go on fancy holidays uh, and to go backpacking you know, around the Himalayas uh, because this world is all there is. As a Christian, you say, this world is not all there is and it can never fully satisfy us. And so I look forward to heaven, which fully does. And so part of the purpose of, Sabbath, of a Sabbath day of rest is always to look forward and reorientate your relationship with the Lord and, and try and get a little glimpse of eternal glories. Which is why having church as a non-negotiable part of your Sabbath is so important, if you can. Because gathering with other believers to worship the God who is the resurrection and the life Is a sensible way of looking forward to heaven, isn't it? As one Christian writer has put it, six days a week we have to tame the world. One day, to care for the seed of eternity placed in the soul. To take time to look forward to heaven. We need to create time to do that, don't we? And the Sabbath is for that. Fourthly, finally, enjoy God's blessings. I mean, what do you actually do on the Sabbath day? Uh, well, ideally, you go to church. And in terms of the Old Testament uh, model, uh, it, it was a day to celebrate, to enjoy. So enjoy God. <laughs> Spend time doing that. But enjoy good food with good company. Enjoy breathing fresh air, uh, listening to music, uh, playing sport. Uh, maybe even have a little nap. If you can sneak that in on your Sabbath, that's a great thing to do. Get a little 15 minutes. Not too much, so you don't want to spoil your sleep at night. Uh, but enjoy life and as part of that I would say it isn't just our work that exhausts us now I think it is also our consumption of information and of media isn't it? and so if your media consumption and your social media, media consumption is high and I suspect for many of us it is then maybe the Sabbath is a good day to detox from that too So you're not distracted. All of the research shows that it'll be good for your brain. It'll be good for your relationships. It'll be good for your physical health as well as your mental. So just switch off your phone or at very least uh, the the top six notifications that ping away all the time for you. And connect with your friends or play with your children. Or catch up with your spouse or uh, reconnect with the Lord in a way that is not distracted and truly rests. So, if in particular you are feeling spent this morning, as the medics are now uh, calling it, fundamentally the answer is to trust in Jesus. Trust in Him for your salvation. Trust Him in this life that you can down tools and you can even switch off the tools of technology, which are so good and useful. For 24 hours. Trust him and rest in him now as a little taste of where he's taking you to the eternal rest where nothing will weary us ever again. Why don't I give you a little opportunity? Why don't we all take a little opportunity to respond to that now with the Lord? Let, let me give us a, a little minute uh, to, to pray that through. Let's pray. Now, oh, Father God, you have made us for yourselves and uh, for yourself, and we're never fully satisfied until we find our rest in you. So help us to trust in you uh, this day and every day by resting in you, uh, and trusting that you will provide us with everything that we need. May we not be stressed and worried and anxious, but be able to lay our sides aside our burdens, knowing that you carry them. Uh, and that you have given us everything we need for life and godliness in this world and in the world to come. Amen.